Welcome to the Unfair Podcast. Welcome everyone to the latest on fifth podcast. My name is Nikhil Sangani. I'm the managing director of research and I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Taylor Pierce, who's a senior economist here on fifth as well. And today we'll be discussing demographics, which is the focus of our latest bulletin series. Now, demographics has been in the news a lot more lately, despite the fact it is a slow moving trend, but we've seen numerous headlines. For example, China's population is declining. It's been overtaken by India as the most populous country in the world, closer to home here in Europe. There are questions over how economies will handle the prospect of aging population and potentially uh, shrinking labor forces as a result of that. So there's plenty to discuss here, and we've received numerous external contributions delving deeper into this topic from, from some experts here. And Taylor, I want to come to you to ask about some of these implications of, of demographic trends on the global economy, particularly what are some of the negative implications that they could be? Great. Thanks, Nikhil. Pleasure to be speaking on this topic today. Basically, what we know for certain is that populations are getting older almost everywhere across the world. And this is challenging because it means that the dependency ratio or the share of the non-working population compared to the working population is growing. And this means as a function of the increase in the number of workers interacting with productivity of these workers means that as we have a shrinking labor force, growth is going to fall. This is also the key takeaway from an interview that we feature in the publication from Charles Goodhart, demographic expert. And essentially, the decline in the stable supply of workers is also putting pressure on pension systems and tax burdens as well. So this is outlined by Ed Parker of Fitch Ratings, and he describes that as populations age and pension systems become pressured, aging costs are going to put a lot of strain on debt burdens of governments and the longer that governments wait to reform, which will probably be politically challenging, as we've seen, for example, recently in the proposed pension reform in France, this is going to be economically painful and hard to pass politically. So it's a pretty grim picture at the moment if policymakers and governments are not able to recalibrate the pension systems and the kind of try to create a more sustainable system and government spending in the context of maturing populations, it's going to be quite difficult in the coming decades. Right. So it's quite a pessimistic story of fewer workers to pay for the pensions of an increasingly aging population. You mentioned France there. I think there's an interesting story in Europe in particular about how what the prospect there is in, in say, Germany or or Italy, for example. Could you maybe speak about that? Definitely. So around the world, populations are aging, but we do see that the labor force is shrinking most quickly and participation rates are, are going down more quickly in advanced economies, especially in Europe and parts of Asia, like Japan. In Germany, the labor market is already one of the most difficult challenges for, for industry at the moment. And the current immigration system that Germany has doesn't really seem to be addressing these challenges and the lack of both skilled and unskilled workers. We have a contribution from a professor at the University of Leipzig, Gunther Schnabel, who expresses pessimism that there's a lack of political will, he argues, to, to address these structural challenges. And 
I think this also ties into the topic of migration because this could be a solution to the problem of aging populations for the countries which have a higher dependency ratio, but that also comes with societal and political challenges, like as we see the rise of right-wing politics and reaction to migration from countries which have booming young populations. And the story is similar in Italy, although perhaps one silver lining, as noted by Catherine Nice, the chief European economist at PGIM, um, in her contribution to the bulletin notes that this could be offset, for example, by increasing the female participation rate. So Italy does have an opportunity to offset the country's diminishing workforce in that way. So these are some of the examples, though the story may look dismal and quite negative, that either by immigration or increasing the female participation rate in Japan, Germany, and Italy, they, they could offset some of the negative effects of the aging population. Right. That, yeah, that's interesting. So it, it is a case that it's not not necessarily all doom and gloom and it's not necessarily that demographics is is destiny for these for advanced economies that there are perhaps policies and, and other approaches to help mitigate the issue and i suppose there are also areas of the world where there are demographic tailwinds i think we appreciate that we received a, a contribution from the african development bank about how africa could see a quite significant demographic tailwind could you Give us some of the insights that came out of that contribution. Definitely. So we are grateful to have, as you mentioned, received a contribution from African Development Bank President Akinwumi Adensina. And he writes that Africa is posed to take advantage of the demographic dividend of having a quite youthful population. The estimated annual growth rate in 2021 of the population of the African continent was 2.5. So this could be a major catalyst for economic growth in Africa and also attract investment if governments are able to create the right policy mix to take advantage of the, the population boom. In addition, we also we also have a contribution from the um, Indonesia Investment Authority, the Sovereign Wealth Fund of Indonesia. And this is a country with the world's fourth largest population and over 70% are of working age between 15 and 64. So they're also benefiting from this uh, demographic dividend. And I think the, the themes of that contribution from CEO uh, Rita Wirakusama are similar, that this population boom and having a useful population historically has contributed to strong economic growth, but it will also depend on strategic investment and sustainable investment to kind of harness that demographic dividend. And it's not necessarily a given that a useful population will affect all countries' economic growth prospects equally. Yeah, that, that's an interesting insight. So in the same way that negative demographics isn't necessarily set in stone to have a perverse impact on advanced economies, the flip side of that is in these areas like Indonesia and much of sub-Saharan Africa, where there is a demographic dividend, it will depend on good policymaking and good investments to be able to unlock the potential from those demographic dividends. You'd mentioned, you touched on very briefly, the investment prospects. I think there's there's quite an interesting, potentially interesting investment implications from the regional variations in demographic trends globally. And what, as you mentioned, could be some of the negative impacts on GDP growth and some of the strains on the purse strings of, of many governments. We received a, a contribution from the Swedish pension agency, AP3. Could you maybe speak about that and how some of the investment community, particularly long-term investment community, are, are thinking about this issue? 
Sure. So in an interview with Torbjörn Hanmark of AP3, as you mentioned, he discusses the prospects for growth globally as well and how different regions will be affected and made the interesting point that as the debt burden on countries is pressured by aging populations, this could have an effect on their investments and also as sovereigns move to, well, not just on sovereign ratings, but also as countries move to try to offset high debt levels, they may increase taxes, which could also impact their investee companies. So this is something to watch. It's a bit too early to tell exactly how that will play out. He also noted how intertwined the transition to a sustainable economy is with this, the demographic story and how important it will be in the future to invest in green infrastructure. And this will have to be a collaboration between institutional investors like pension funds, sovereign funds with the private sector as well. Yeah, and I think there's a really interesting thing that he signs off with in his interview with you about how there's two sides of the coin when you think about long-term growth, which you mentioned at the start. So there is labor force growth, which in many cases will be quite strained. But the flip side of that is productivity growth. And he mentions in towards the end there that there could be a positive story on productivity growth if we manage to unlock some of the potential from artificial intelligence, in which case the perverse impact of demographics on growth could be offset elsewhere. And I think artificial intelligence is an area that we're increasingly looking into here at OMFIF and we'll be exploring, particularly on the macro side, what some of the implications of that will be. So stay tuned for that. That may be the focus of, of our next bulletin. Were there any last comments from you, Taylor, wrapping up how we should think about demographics? Really? Yeah, I think that the kind of overarching narrative that I got from going through this process of collecting contributions from our authors and seeing how all of these different stories around the world kind of fit together, it's that nothing is set in stone. The demographic story is quite negative at face value, but really we can also see this as an opportunity to recalibrate our economies, to have sustainable growth levels. There's there's an opportunity to enhance productivity through technologies like AI, like you mentioned, through automation. And really it's it's not a story necessarily about taking jobs away from people, but also taking jobs away from people that humans shouldn't be doing. So if there's a way to kind of reap the benefits and that lead to a more sustainable and perhaps even more equitable growth within and, and between countries, I think that we can see a more positive spin to to the demographic story. So that would be my my takeaway. I appreciate your your optimism on this. Great. Well, that just leads me to, to thank you, Taylor, for, for your contribution and for very neatly summarizing this topic of demographic. I encourage everyone listening to read into our bulletin, which goes into these themes in a lot more detail from the various contributions we have that explores this topic in good detail. And there might be a few things in there, as Taylor mentioned, that might surprise you. It's not all a negative story. So thank you for listening. And yeah, stay tuned for the next On Fifth podcast. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the OnFifth podcast.